We're going to begin today with correspondence that has been released to this programme under the Freedom of Information Act, specifically correspondence between the Office of the Director of Public Prosecutions and the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform. Now, the DPP, as you'll know, is the legal entity that prosecutes cases on behalf of the state. And the letters we have seen reveal that it has repeatedly asked government for more funding over the course of the last number of years. And it has made these appeals in the strongest of terms. It has told government there has been a 40% increase in its workload in five years. And breaking down that figure, it has revealed an 820% increase in cases relating to financial crime, like fraud and money laundering. It also points out it is dealing with approximately 1,800 sexual offence files each year. Now, there's a lot of lines I could quote from the correspondence we've seen, but the situation at the DPP's office is summed up best in this quote. In short, the analysis clearly indicates that the current level of funding and resourcing is not sufficient for this office to continue to deliver an effective modern prosecution service. That quotes from a letter from August 2022, which as of Friday, we're told, is still the current situation. Let me introduce the political panel today. Joining us, they're Jim O'Callaghan, Fianna Fáil TD for Dublin Bay South and his party spokesperson on justice, Martin Kenny, Sinn Féin TD for Sligo Leitrim and Ivana Bacic, Labour Party leader and TD for Dublin Bay South. Now, we've shared the documents with our panellists today before they came in and uh, starting with you, Ivana Bacic, you are a barrister and a former Reed Professor of Law at Trinity College. Just put into context what the role the DPP plays in the criminal justice system. Well, uh, good afternoon, Cullum, and thank you for the invitation to be here. The DPP plays, a cr- the Director of Public Prosecutions, plays a crucial role in the criminal justice system, bringing, as you've said, prosecutions on behalf of the state in criminal cases. And the role of the DPP has increased in, uh, the, the, I suppose, the, ca- the workload of the DPP, as your correspondence released under Freedom of Information shows. That has increased exponentially in recent years, as is the complexity of cases and indeed the obligations and requirements on the DPP. And as is right and proper, the DPP now has more obligations, for example, to provide information to victims and complainants in sexual offence cases. For a long time, many people, myself included, would have been critical of the lack of supports provided to victims by the prosecution service in sex offence cases. That's, there's now more requirements about that. We've seen an increase, a necessary increase in judges trying criminal cases. And that, of course, has also increased the workload of the prosecution service. Now, the prosecution service prepare the cases for, for criminal for criminal trial and for criminal proceedings. But of course, they also then employ or engage barristers, freelance, if you like, self-employed barristers to carry out the advocacy in court. And I should say that I was for many years a criminal practitioner. Now, I worked in defence primarily uh, and would have therefore been paid through the criminal legal aid system, which is a different line of funding, which is a scheme that is paid to other freelance barristers to defend clients where the state is taking prosecutions against them. I would have worked in the district court a lot and uh, you know one of the issues that the DPP le- raises in the letters you've, you've given us is uh, the, 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 the problem with low levels of, of payment to criminal barristers, the fact that uh, levels of payment have been f- frozen at 2002 levels, that the uh, cuts that were made before 2011 have not been unwound and indeed the Irish Times with Mary Carolyn is reporting today just about how difficult it is therefore to, uh, to, 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 to be a criminal justice practitioner. I say I have some I have sympathy with this. I, you know, criminal the criminal legal aid scheme was always paid at a lower 
level than many of the fees that would be paid to barristers in commercial cases or big corporate cases, for example. When I started as a barrister in the late 90s, we would have got £15, you know, to be in the district court. And the district court is really, it's really important. It's where the vast bulk of criminal cases are tried. And, and as you say... And, and huge, a huge amount of, uh, a huge amount of risk for people facing prison, for really serious crimes, for victims who've been victimised. And yet the district court payments are still as low as €25 euro per case, according to the, the reports. And indeed, you know, the criminal bar has raised this over the years as well. So there's 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 a number of different issues, in other words, Cormac, so, uh, Column, that are affecting uh, quality of, of, of the criminal justice system. The funding to the DPP is one issue, the D- Director of Public Prosecutions, but the DPP herself is also raising a concern that criminal legal aid has not, uh, that the fees being paid to defence barristers are also insufficient. And is, th- is that, I mean, th- this is a vital link in the, the, the system of justice in the country. If it doesn't function, there's knock-on effects elsewhere. Correct. And the Bar Council have pointed out, indeed, in correspondence I've seen with the Taoiseach, where they're also seeking restoration of fees to criminal uh, to criminal barristers. They're saying it's important because we must ensure that the best advocates available are are uh, are engaged in criminal cases. We have to ensure that there's fair treatment. Others who have had a pay restoration, uh, you know, that's not mirrored among the crim- uh, criminal barristers. And, and, we, and of course, it's to stop the exodus. I mean, the other thing to say is we know that about one third of criminal barristers leave practice in the first seven years. So that's also a serious issue, attrition rates or departure rates for those at the bar. So, look, you know, the DPP absolutely makes such a strong and stark case in the letter from August 2022 to government looking for commensurate increases in funding to her office, commensurate with the levels of increase of work. And I must say, for Labour, right. we've we've supported that and indeed in our alternative budget, we put forward okay. a big I, rights I, I, package of funding. And just, when the government are running I, I, a big we'll, surplus, we'll, 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 we'll come so back to some of the issues that, that, that you raised there. Jim O'Callaghan, you're also uh, a barrister uh, and a member of the government that that as as outlined in this letter the D, the DPP said it needed an extra 12 to 15 million euro a year and that's based on the current rates that are being paid to barristers so if MP were to be unwound that figure might be more but it needs 12 to 15 million euro extra per year it said it could do the job it's doing with 9 million for 2023 it got six and a half I know, and in November 2022, after the document you referred to, Colm, in August 2022, but in November 2022, the DPP said she was very pleased that she'd been successful in obtaining a significant increase in the budget for the uh, Director of Public Prosecutions for 2023. Listen, I think it's fair to say, obviously the office of the DPP requires more funding, but I also think it is unfair to say that the government hasn't been recognising that. If you look at the budget, the initial budget in 2022 was 47.8 million. There was, as I say, a 3.4 supplementary budget in November of 2022. That brought it up to 51.3 million. And for 2023, the budget is 55.3 million. But obviously, pressures are on the the Director of Public Prosecution's office. Indeed, their workload has nearly doubled. When they're prosecuting gang crimes like money laundering, fraud, these kind of things, that caseload has gone up. Uh, by by eight, as it, by eight hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, it, it it has gone up very significantly. You're correct, and it's gone up for a number of factors. First of all, obviously, if you look at it, this time last year there were only five judges hearing cases in the Central Criminal Court. Now there are nine. Later this year there will be ten. So I suppose as a result of the government making more judges available, and there's legislation going through now which is going to provide for twenty four more judges. But as a result of that, there's going to be more cases which are being heard, and I suppose the whole. Per- 
purpose. Well, you're you not going to get the value out of those judges from the point of view of the the um, conduct of, of the criminal justice system unless the DPP has the resources to advance those cases to the judges. I, I agree. And that's why I think the increased funding for the DPP's office in 2023 will greatly assist in that. But it's not just, I suppose, the fact that there are more judges there, which means, of course, that cases are going to get on quicker. And I suppose the whole purpose about this, it's not about the DPP or it's about not about barristers. It's about people who are victims of crime. And the whole purpose of the courts in the criminal context is to ensure that those people who are victims of crime can seek justice and the only way and they seek, can seek, seek it. But seek it in a timely fashion. Know, of they course. They question people. They take statements. They compile a, a, an investigation file and they send it to the DPP mm-hmm. for decision. The DPP yeah. needs the resources to go through that. Correct. And the government is, uh, there needs to be probably more joined up thinking because the government has provided more judges so there's going to be more courts hearing these cases and I fully recognise as but a this result comes of that. The DPP is not funded by the Department of Justice. It's funded by the Department of Antishuk. So if there can't be joined up thinking coming from the centre of government in the Department of Antishuk, where is it supposed to come well, sorry, from? If you look at it, this time last year, as I say, there were only five judges hearing cases in the Central Criminal Court. We're now up to nine and we're going to have ten. So the, the, we are creating greater resources to ensure that cases can be heard. And, and nobody is more aware than that than the office of the DPP because the creation of those judicial posts has led to increased pressure on this office, as has the appointment of a, th- a thousand more Gardaí who compile more case Correct. investigation files to send into this office. So that the, the most under-resourced point in this chain seems to be the office of the DPP. Well, I think we need to look at what the DPP is saying in her report from November 2022. Like, you're placing all your focus on the letter of the 22nd of August 2022. Well, I'm actually, we got an email on Friday to say that when we asked what is the situation as of now with regard to the pressures outlined in August 2022 and they said that those pressures still uh, pertain at present. And they also said in that correspondence because I've seen it as well that they were able to recruit 41 additional staff. Yes, but of, and we'll come to this in a moment. They they wanted eight additional staff in the sexual offences And they unit. got, I think, they got six, five. five. Five, okay. Okay, um, but there's 41 additional staff. Listen, I fully recognise there needs to be more increased funding and government recognises that. But I think it is unfair to suggest that government isn't increasing funding as is apparent from the recognition by the DPP. Martin Kenny, uh, yeah. lo- lots, of, lots of people, I suppose, put into government for funding. They aim high and, and, and they, they don't get everything they expect. Is this another case of this? Well, it appears to be, but at the end of the day, you know, the outworking of it all is that the victims of crime out there have huge long delays and, you know, expect things to move reasonably quickly. Nobody nobody expects it to happen instantly, but they're expected to be a certain efficiency there and it isn't there. And that has been the experience of so many for so long. Uh, this issue is not something that's really new to us and we were talking outside. We're all aware for the last number of years yes. that this has been a huge problem. We've been told this by barristers, we've been told it by representatives of the, of the DPP, we've been told it for years that there is a huge problem here across the system. It's, it's not just uh, in the high courts, it's not just in the central criminal court, it's across the whole system that there's a huge problem and at the core of the problem is uh, a deficiency in the number of staff that's available for to uh, examine cases that come to the DPP to ensure that they can deal with them quickly and efficiently and come back with, with uh, either a recommendation of prosecution or not. That That is one of the major issues that we have is that long delay. And of course a lot of these cases are much more complex than they used to be, particularly some of the criminal and fraud cases. A lot of it is 
is internet-based. You know, uh, sexual assault and sexual crimes is something that we've had for, for centuries, but we now have this new phenomenon of online sexual abuse, which is quite complex and difficult for to ascertain. Some of it is international even. You know, so there's a lot of work that has to be done, and the DPP are the workhorse that has to do that work, and they require additional uh, resources to do it, your letter points out the resources that they needed in 2022. Even since then, things have multiplied and the pressure has grown and grown and grown. And the important issue here is that the public out there, that when they have a problem, when they have an issue and they expect to see it being dealt with, it isn't been dealt with. And we know that there's competition and, and that's one of the Do issues. Do you take on board what Jim O'Callaghan is pointing to well, there, what, that what the 6.5 million the that 6. they got on the 41 staff they have sanctioned to hire? It simply isn't enough and hasn't been enough. And, and that was clear. I think it was clearly wasn't enough when it was when it was uh, given to the DPP. It, it, it wasn't enough money to be able to deal with this issue. And there is competition in all of this. A lot of people that are qualifying in law now are going to the more lucrative parts of a rather than going to the mm, criminal law. Yeah. And that's one of the problems that we've got. That commercial law is, is, is where the money is and that's where an awful lot of the attraction is going and that is causing a huge problem and we need to address that as well. And just uh, just on, on, that that, on, on the electronic issue that Martin Kenny uh, mentioned there, yes. Ivana Bacic, the, the DPP's office has an obligation of disclosure. So when the Garda investigation mm. file goes to the office of the DPP, that office has to go through that file and deem what is relevant that might be pertinent to, the, to conducting a defence, to the defence side of the case. I was speaking to a criminal barrister recently who said that if you download the contents of two smartphones, you could be looking at tens of thousands of pages of documents that then have to be gone through. And the great fear of the prosecution team is that if you miss a single document, the whole case could ride on that. So the kind of resources that are needed for that in the modern day are out of kilter maybe with what the legislation would have imagined when the duty of disclosure was being, was, was being thought of back in the 20th century. Well, well, certainly the duty of disclosure has become more onerous and in a way it's not even through so much through legislation as through court cases, court precedent that has established a, du- a really clear duty of disclosure and it is important to ensure you know the fair administration of justice but undoubtedly as the DPP's correspondence shows you know it, there is a much increased workload because of the complexity of so of so many aspects of criminal trials now, financial and corrupt and uh, um, financial and online crime, uh, new duties around specialist training with uh, sexual and gender-based violence, and so on. So these are all contributing to the burden on the DPP's office. And you know, while Jim points to some increases, clearly these are not enough. And indeed, you know, we're seeing you know reports that the Department of Justice has supported additional funding to the prosecution service and to the criminal legal aid scheme. And the blockage appears to be in the Department of Public expenditure and reform. And that does need to change because ultimately this is about victims. And, you know, right, for but years th- th- I've worked th- th- with... This is, this, this is a situation victims. that has pertained since I think Claire Loftus first raised it in about 2011 when she was Director of Public Prosecutions. Um, your party has been in power in the, the uh, Department of Public Expenditure and Reform. Brendan Howland was a minister in that report, department. Could it not have been addressed between 2011 and 2016? Well, first of all, it was Fianna Fáil and the Fianna Fáil Green government that crashed the economy, thereby losing power in 2011. Let's not forget that. They brought in the FMP measures that froze the fee levels. So the fee levels were frozen between 2008 and 2011. The 2011 to 16 government began to unwind that. And indeed, when, the, when uh, Labour was last... But with respect, the, the, the well, fees no, no, that are I'd paid like, to barristers like to is a somewhat separate issue to the resources of the, the Director of Public Prosecutions because at the time that FEMP legislation was in place, judges, everybody else were were, uh, were being affected by it as well. But in terms of the personnel in the office and the, res- and the resources they need, should this not have been prioritised or protected from some of the cuts? Can I say this? 
column. Sometimes I feel as if Labour are the only party that are ever accused of having done things in government. The cuts that were made were made prior to 2011. The government that took office in 2011, the Fine Gael government, of which Labour was a the minor uh, coalition partner, that government began to restore economic sovereignty. Let's not forget we were in a bailout programme. The banker bailout of 2010, prior to the 2011 uh, election, had been voted on by uh, every other party. Labour didn't support that. We opposed the banker's bailout. We could see what was happening. The economy was crashed. Right. And when... when uh, Labour left office in 2016. There was, a, at that point, economic sovereignty had been restored and we were in a position as an Irish state to begin unwinding the financial uh, cuts measures. Okay. And it was at that uh, point that we should, no, no, listen to this, we, at that point that we should have seen the priority given to ensuring that there was a functioning justice system along with a functioning housing system because for the last right, seven well, years not, of prosperity, we, 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 we've we, seen, we, no, no, but we've seen another, a failure okay, by successive to invest in public services. The economy, um, Jim O'Callaghan, is a lot better. You point to the fact that the DPP's office got 6.5 million. They asked for nine. They, in fact, wanted 12 to 15. But as you say, they got 6.5, which is 2.5 million short uh, of their most basic request. We had Robert Watt, who is Secretary General of the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform, when the first of the letters we got under our FOI was, uh, was, was being discussed and requests being made for extra resources. He described... Uh, a sum of two million has been relatively insignificant in the greater scheme of public expenditure. When he appeared before the uh, Committee on Public Expenditure Reform last week, he said, you know, when you compare two million to 24 billion in the health budget or the 90 billion of the Irish exchequer, I mean, he was referring to it if it was effectively budget dust. I mean, yeah. if it is that insignificant, why not give it to the DPP so they can function when, they, as they describe it, it's an existential threat not to have this kind of funding? Yeah, Mr. Watt was wrong. Uh, two million is a significant amount of money and I'm sure the GPP's office would have liked to have had the two million. But listen, there's always demands coming from statutory agencies. They looked for nine million, as they said, they got 6.5 million. That's something around 72%, I think. It's not a bad first offer by government. If you look as well at what happened last year, in November, there was a... If you're sitting in government, it's not bad. If you're a victim of crime... Sorry, it's a significant people, shortfall. We are getting cases on much faster. Like there's a positive news story to this as well about the fact that the cases are getting on faster. Uh, there are more judges being appointed and victims are getting their cases on more quickly. And we see the, the, the work that's being done in terms of sexual offences and complex financial crime is very effective. Anyone who looks at the nine o'clock news every night will see there's about three or four cases that day in the Central Criminal Court that are being reported on. And I think this state is doing a very good job okay. in holding criminals to account of Mar people Martin who are Kenny, accused of serious offences. Uh, you, you recently called for more sittings of judges and you know called for an increase in the number of judges and, and you made a speech in the Dáil to that effect. But, I mean, commensurate increases to the DPP wasn't part of the speech you made either. Is this overlooked when people call for more judges and guards? Do they not see that the commensurate increase is needed in this office? No, I don't think it is. I think the, the, the cutting edge of it that we come across regularly, and we, we it's something that all of us have discussed in, in Leinster House and beyond, is that people's delays in the court system in a lot of cases is because of the absence of judges, because there wasn't enough judges in place. That has been the case for a very long time. The issue with the DPP is, is a separate issue. 
issue, but it's also an important issue. And we do need to see the proper funding put in place to ensure that the public prosecution service can provide the service that's required. You know, at the end of the day, and, and, and Jim mentions victims of crime out there, you know, we all have letters from victims who have found that the criminal justice system is not a comfortable place for to be, that they're dealt with and have been in the past dealt with simply as a witness in, in those situations, that they don't feel they have rights, they don't feel that they were looked after appropriately. There are changes happening that which are welcome, but those changes will yeah, only and, come and, if the proper resources I, are put in place to and, deliver and, them. In fairness, there was a report out during the week done jointly by the uh, Department of Justice and the National Women's Council outlining that, and there's, I think, some commitment to act on the recommendations. We're going to stay, as you say, Martin Kenny, the victims are, are worth bearing in mind. And one of the worst impacts of the backlog uh, in this is, is a delay uh, to people who are hoping getting justice. We've been getting reaction to this from uh, the pressure on the DPP's office, from the Chief Executive of the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre, Nolene Blackwell, who speak to, uh, spoke to us before the programme. Well, there's a couple of things that are particularly concerning. They're not new, but they are a real bother that at this stage still the DPP isn't getting the resources that it needs in the area of sexual offences, where the number of investigations is going up year on year by the Gardaí. And in addition, the Gardaí, with their specialised units, are probably doing more complex cases. So more people are reporting. The Gardaí are doing more complex investigations. And so the files going to the DPP take a whole heap of thought and scrutiny in order to understand what a person might be charged with if they're to be charged at all. Do you mean there's just more things like social media data and that kind of thing that needs to be gone through, medical records, uh, all of that kind of stuff when it comes to gathering corroborating evidence after a statement is taken? Yes, so there's all of that, and that's in relation to a recent rape. And then if you take a a rape that happened maybe some time ago, a sexual assault when a person was a child because of the enhanced investigation, because more people are going forward, uh, those cases can be very difficult to kind of collate the evidence and work out how the evidence will support a prosecution into the future. And the real concern, I suppose, for us in Dublin Rape Crisis Centre is that the impact of a long delay on a sexual offences case is different in many ways to any other type of case. In what because way? Because in, in sexual offences, uh, the evidence is about whether the sexual activity or behaviour that took place was consensual. And that requires the evidence very often only of the complainant and possibly the accused if they're prepared to get into the stand. But the complainant has to be able to explain to the court and to the jury beyond all reasonable doubt that non-consensual behaviour took place. And while they are waiting to say that to a court, if there is a delay in that, they cannot forget one single aspect of probably the very worst thing that has ever happened them in their lives. They have to remember every single aspect because a defendant in those cases is likely to question every single aspect of the evidence. Now, in the records that were released to us under Freedom of Information, we saw that the Office of the Director of Public Prosecution flagged that it's now receiving approximately 1,700 sexual offences files per year. We also learned in a statement from the Office of the Director that they asked for eight additional staff for the Sexual Offences Unit. They got five to help process yeah. that. 
Yeah, it, it, that's a real pity because what happened at the time that the victims' directives came in and the victims' legislation about six or seven years ago, the DPP recognised immediately that one of the things that they needed to do was to set up this specialised unit to deal with sexual offences in order to standardise how they were treated around the country, how evidence was collected and how uh, the cases were dealt with. Over the past three or four years, we have seen the DPP's office say that they have not been able to move forward with that. They've taken the first steps, but they're not able to move forward because they didn't have the personnel. It is a real worry. And contrary to the state's own a strategy for dealing with domestic sexual and gender-based violence if that unit isn't staffed sufficiently to allow them to get on with their work. And it seems from also from the documents we've seen that an increase in the number of judges plus an increase in the number of Gardaí is leading to an increase in the Director of Public Prosecution's office being overwhelmed by the volume of work they have to deal with. More cases are coming through from the Gardaí and probably bigger files from the Gardaí. And then, on the other hand, the backlog in the courts, the fact that cases aren't getting heard, means that the solicitors and uh, and staff of the DPP's office aren't able to finish cases. There's so regularly it is happening where we accompany people down to, to court and the case doesn't get on. There's something happening which is hidden, and but which is very sad, and that is that as people realise uh, that a case isn't going to get on, uh, that it's taking longer to investigate than they could have imagined or longer to get a decision from the DPP than they expected or to go to court, they're dropping out of the system. And that's also very discouraging for others who might be looking to go into it. In reality, sexual offences were not something that were talked about very much or thought about very much before. They were always there. But it is clear now that we were only seeing the very, very tip of an iceberg and that just the resources are not lined up in a way. Like the DPP does need, if if there are more Gardaí working on this and Gardaí who are better equipped to deal with these cases, the DPP's office has to be able to process them faster and further then should allow people to get through a trial, both the accused and the person who is the victim of the crime, and allow them to put an end to that and allow the victim of the crime to recover and get on with their lives. Justice cannot happen until those resources are put in place. And that was Nolene Blackwell, Chief Executive of the Dublin Ripe Crisis, Crisis Centre, uh, speaking to me earlier. If you are affected by anything that was raised by Nolene Blackwell, indeed, if you found yourself in that situation, please do go to rt.ie forward slash helplines. There are a number of helplines there for, uh, to contact for supports, as I say, if you do find yourself affected by that. Um, Jim O'Callaghan, before I played that interview with um, Nolene Blackwell, I also mentioned a report that was out during the week, jointly done by the National Women's Council and the uh, Department of Justice, and tribute was paid to the guards in it in terms of their investigation capability. But delay was one of the real issues that uh, victims had when it came to going through the court system. And Nolene Blackwell has has pointed to that again. I mean, if if, if it's not running smoothly, those mm. delays 
are likely to get worse. That's an issue, isn't it? Of course it's an issue. And obviously delay can be reduced by increase of resources, Colm. But we also have to recognise that when it comes to an issue as complex as the cases that Nolene is describing there, it is going to take some time. The complainant can come forward very confidently and I'm very pleased to hear that the complainant is getting a very good reception from the Gardaí. But then when the matter gets to the DPP and the accused is charged, that takes time then in terms of a book of evidence to be compiled and for the accused to be given time in order to prepare for trial. But fortunately, like I know in respect of murder trials, that a murder trial will get on within a year now which is a fairly remarkable... We had a sexual offences case recently that was eight years I know. in the making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. But I'm just saying to you, in terms, there are some improvements and in terms of murder trials can get on within a year. The delays in respect of sexual offences is unacceptable. But I don't think we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be able to say there will be no delay in respect of it. If there are historic sexual complaints, they require very detailed investigation by the Gardaí as well. How can a murder case be prepared within a year and for it to take so long then for a sexual offence? Is, is there a prioritisation there? What's behind that? Uh, I, I don't know the reason for it, but just in terms of the suggestion that serious crime cannot be prosecuted promptly, that isn't the case. We sometimes see high profile murders where there are the But that makes it worse for victims, doesn't it? They, 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 I know, but it, it, is not, it, not serious enough? it is not a deliberate strategy on the part of the state to try and say we don't take sexual offences seriously. The state takes them extremely seriously and the government takes them extremely but sure, seriously. But if a murder prosecution can be mounted within know, a year are, and it I takes eight years to mount a sexual offence yeah. prosecution... It doesn't always. It doesn't always. No, You're but using it, one example in terms of an okay, eight-year delay. It two, always two and a half years, years for another recent one. I know, but they, there can be greater complexity in cases such as that. There can be greater complexity. Sometimes a murder trial, although it's a very serious charge, sometimes the complexity isn't there because the accused is apprehended in a very, uh, I suppose, evidentially positive way where they're able to bring a quick case against the person. I think, think first of all, just to say the impact upon survivors of delay is just... You know, it's it's just so severe and so stark. And Nolene has described that. But certainly, you know, I've met with survivors who've described their life as being on hold for the duration of the time it takes uh, for the file from the time they report a crime to the Gardaí and expect that it will be taken seriously, particularly a serious sexual offence crime. And it can be, at best case, it's going to be many months. Uh, It it can be years, as you said, Cullen, before the case will go to court. There can be just, you know, delays that to them are just so have such a terrible impact on their lives and you know I, I just want to pay tribute to Nolene whose you know work with the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre has been so important and to the National Women's Council for their study but for years now we've been looking at how to improve how to improve the service for victims and survivors of sexual crime and I really do support the idea of the new statutory agency but we need to see better resources in place to support victims and survivors not just at a trial and during a trial but in those months and often years that it takes for the investigation to proceed and, and, and to the case to go to and, and, and some organisations so like victims. Nolene Blackwell's and indeed one in four well, do, they provide do provide support, some of that. But, but, it's, but it, it, you know, the, there is a duty now on the DPP service to, and on Gardaí, prosecuting Gardaí, to ensure that victims right. are kept informed because often yeah. they're just left in the dark and many months go by and they don't know whether Martin the case Kenny, is going uh, to go to court or not. And that's unacceptable. Geography uh, yeah. can, can be an issue in, in delays as well. Uh, you got a, the answer to a, a PQ on this relatively recently on on, on 
you know, regional variations in, in, right, in, in, yeah. case, in case times. Yeah, there's a lot of variations in case times. And, and I, one of the points, and coming back to what Ivana was saying, one of the points that, that comes up in respect of that is, for instance, where uh, a young woman goes forward and reports a rape case and it takes a long, long time and others in their community mm. or her friends are aware of that. It mm. means that when something similar happens or a sexual assault happens to one of their friends, they don't come forward. And that's one of the, while we have had yeah. an increase in yeah. recent years in the amount of people that come forward, we still have a large, large, volume of people who, who who are victims of sexual assaults and sexual and rape who don't come forward and who because they feel the system isn't there to support them and the, the governments to date the the a lot of the support that they're given to victims have actually been given out to uh, voluntary organizations have been funded for to provide that support rather than it provided directly by the state and you know the the state has 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 really let down so so many people in the context of all of this this system is a system that has been broken and has been mended with right. patchwork rather than, rather than re, rather than a real commitment to very many victims who do get justice and who are satisfied with the work of the Gardaí and the prosecution and the courts. And we see that in the evening time sure, in the I'll, news when people come out. What I did want to ask you though was that report that was done by the National Women Council and the Department of Justice, there are a number of recommendations. The Minister for Justice said he will take them seriously. Relative to the time that is left in the lifetime of the Dáil, can people expect those recommendations to be acted on before this session ends. Yeah, I hope so. And I believe it can be done. And in fairness to this government, a lot has been done by this government in terms of tackling domestic and gender-based violence. They've done a huge amount in respect to Fianna Fáil, my own party, has put out an own paper in respect. So I think it's a recognition of the seriousness. No, we we need to take a short break. We'll be back back with more after this. We'll be back with more after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1.